Welcome, everyone, to the Zama Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Alex Lushik, and with us coming from across the pond is uh, Dima. How's it going, Dima? Yeah, doing well. Been a been a kind of interesting week for Dinama. Uh, looking forward to this one. And with us, as usual, from the great state of New York is Eric. How's it going, Eric? Going well. Looking forward to another great podcast with you boys. And it is a big week for Dinamo, as usual, and we will get started with some news. We'll, we will quickly touch on the uh, youth results. Uh, the U21's third draw in a row against Alexandria. Uh, not really a surprise that Vanat gets the goal, although uh, it was the first teamer from Alexandria who got the goal against us. So maybe some uh, good little experience for the U21s. And the U19s beat uh, Alexandria 2-1 with goals from Vlasov and Diachuk. Uh, Sehankov, Dueland, and Ali Bekov were all seen in training today. Yeah, you can actually check out that video of training on Dynamo's YouTube channel. Uh, the Lobanovsky Dynamo Stadium and the Concha Zaspa training base will be getting new hybrid pitches. So uh, we will see what happens there. Uh, Dynamo is in court uh, for the right reasons, actually, this time. They're going to be they're suing Sao Paulo uh, to cover Cheche's debt. And uh, some Kind of unfortunate news, but maybe partially expected. Uh, Mikita Burda will be out for the rest of the year. I would assume probably to be uh, getting ready for next season. So we hope for a speedy recovery, and we hope to see him uh, in the preseason for the 2021-2022 season. Um, now we'll just talk about some transfer news real quick. Uh, Samba Diallo uh, to Dinamo. Uh, Dima, what can you tell us about this transfer? Uh, well, first of all, to kind of to kind of give some information about Samba Diallo. So I believe he's um, he's an under twenty player of uh, Senegal. Uh, has featured in a few games, and he's only he's only eighteen. So you know he's um, so he's kind of ahead of his kind of age age level there. Um, he's right now uh, at Darussalam. Uh, which is a very respect, which has, you know, he's a product of that club where he's, um, sorry, where, you know, it has a very respected um, academy. Um, and it's kind of been interesting. Well, I, well one more thing. He, his, pri- his primary um, position is attacking midfield and he can also play on the left and right wings um, as well. And it's kind of been a bit strange because the first kind of, the, the first piece of news that came out was that you know he's already um he's already in Kiev and he's ready to sign the contract um and then the next piece of news is that actually well you know we're not going to sign the contract with him and um more recently i can get i'm just looking for the the kind of quotes here um more recently, we say uh, I've heard that you know actually after all we we have a chance of um, signing Diallo after all. Um, yeah, apparently Dinamo weren't too impressed with him, uh, or some something went you know some de- the deals weren't um, weren't met uh, the terms weren't met financially. Sorry. Um, yeah, so he was, you know, he was already in Kiev, and I, I'm just guessing, you know, just a wild guess. This is some kind of agent deal, you know, like like the Cargo Benito, who else, Joseph Okoro, uh, all these random players that never play for the first team 
or anywhere near it. Oh, hang on, sorry. Benito and Tagbo did play for us. I'm very sorry and put some amazing performances in when uh, Karakbo scored an own goal uh, and no goals actually for us. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, for all I know, this guy is like the new, I don't know, Sadio Mane uh, or something like that from the same country. But um, we'll have to wait and see because I, I will be honest, I haven't ever watched them. Didn't Karagbo play in the cup semi-final against Minai last year, or am I just imagining? Karagbo, yeah, he, he came off as a substitute. Actually, he came off as a, he came on as a substitute. Um, and actually I thought he did quite well. But then he started against Disna and scored an own goal and we lost to them. Yeah, so, that was yeah. that was it. Uh and some other transfer news this time, an outgoing transfer. Uh Jerson linked to Besiktas. Erica, what do you think? Yes or no for you? Yeah, I mean, as of this point, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. I think that you know, it'd be nice for him to be uh, to maintain at least some semblance of the form that we're seeing right now, you know, from the international break and from the, the winner that he scored against Alexandria. Um, you know, we purchased him for, according to Transfermark, uh, I think they had it at 2.2 million. Um, and, uh, you know, it would be nice to see if we could excuse me, it'd be nice to see if we could maybe see a little boost in that um, from some performances uh, from him now towards the end of the season and, you know, maybe get up a little closer to between three and four million, which I think would be, um, you know, considering what we purchased him for would be a decent bit of business for Dinamo. You know, I think that in terms of looking to sell him and offload him, yeah, I'm, I'm leading that way. I mean, I just think that um, just way too inconsistent. You know, he's had some some good moments for us, for sure. You know, the winner against Alexandria, he assisted the, um, well, didn't technically assist, but he hockey assisted, I guess I'll say, the goal against uh, Brugge, um, which was great. Um, but, you know, since we saw him terrorize uh, Zbirna for Luxembourg, um, you know, it just hasn't really panned out. Um, you know, consistency, as we talk about, has really been the biggest issue. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But um, I, I definitely would am leaning towards looking to offload him um, in the summer. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he does carry some kind of form, especially, you know, we're not sure exactly when Fedovich is going to be back. Dependa has not looked the same recently. So we, we definitely do need someone on the left uh, performing at a good level. Um, and last bit of news I'll cover is uh, Nazari Rusin, who's on loan uh, to Legia. He's been sent to the reserves for two weeks. Um, I follow that. So Legia's reserves playing the third, uh, the fourth year of the post football, the third league. I follow that league fairly closely, and um, that is not really where we want. Sorry, I almost unmuted myself for a second. Uh, that is not really uh, a, a level we want uh, our players to, to be developing at the, the fourth tier of Polish football. Uh, nonetheless, um, that's all the news, and we'll move on. Oh, yeah, Dima, you want to add something? Yeah, just some more info. So apparently, um, the reason he was initially sent to reserves because he, he refused to play for, for them uh, initially because he apparently... Supposedly, his his doctor said that he's he shouldn't play on artificial pitches because of his shoulder injury or something like that because he got inflamed last time or something like that, and he was advised against it. Um, and yeah, in, initially it was Burbas who 
broke the news, who isn't really the most reliable um, insider, to be quite honest with you. Um, so everyone was like, oh, well, this guy, he's just waffling as always. But no, fair play to Igor, you know, uh, he seems to have gotten this one right. And um, apparently the, well, not apparently, actually, the the coach of Leg, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've got the direct quote up here. Um, Nazari Rusin, the situation is pretty clear and obvious. The club has announced that Nazari will be training in the reserves for um, for two weeks and then we'll see how this works and then we'll make the decision. And then he said that, you know, the chances are there, but that but it's unlikely that he will feature a lot for us. So, uh, yeah, well, there we go. How are we going to offload him now? That's my question. Yeah, and I, I just took a look at the standings. I'm not going to get into this too much, but Legia's reserves are right now eighth place in the fourth tier of Polish football in their region as well, because that's a regional league. So uh, again, not really where, not really a level we want our players developing at. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to reassess Rusin because I think his loan is up for this summer, right? So it'll be interesting whenever he does come back, if we're going to reassess that, maybe uh, see what his, uh, see what he'll, see what his future is uh, at Dynamo. Uh, now we'll move on to the uh, Alexandria game where Dynamo uh, won 2-1. A very uh, gritty uh, win in Alexandria, which had a decent atmosphere, actually. Um, Eric, uh, actually, sorry. Yeah, we'll go to Eric first. We'll change it up. Uh, what did uh, you <laughs> what did uh, you make of the game? Yeah, it was an interesting one for sure. Definitely not one of Dinamo's better matches. Um, you know, a couple highlights from the match being um, there was uh, in the early stages of the first half, there was a cross from Depena that Bisedin, um wasn't able to strike cleanly, but Karavaev got in the got in the end of it. Um, keeper got a glove save to it, kind of pushed it up off the crossbar, rebounded back, and then basically went right to Bujalski, who then headed it. Uh, and it would have been a goal on target, obviously, but uh, Bondarenka uh, cleared it off the line. Um, kind of a, an interesting chain of events with those two misses. Um, really should have been a goal for for Dinamo, but um, you know, unfortunate and, and, and a little bit unlucky to be fair. Um, you know, another chance shortly after that for Debena um, on a counterattack, and he had Karavayev running on the right-hand side completely unmarked, but opted to shoot, and he kind of, like, scuffed his shot. It was – I don't even think it was on target. It was nowhere near the goal. Um, and, you know, that should have been played across to Karavayev. Um, now, the goal for Alexandria in the first half. So this came as a result of a long ball played out from defense. Um, Alexandria player uh, – won the ball, kind of flicked it on with his foot. And then I believe it was Sitalo who got on the end of it. You know, Zabarnik was caught ball watching, lost his man, um, and uh, and punished Dinamo, slotted it home, and um, it was 1-0. Um, you know, I know we talked about this uh, outside of the pod, and, and Dima mentioned his frustrations at teams that play like this with spamming long balls and and things like that. And, and, and you know what? I get it. It, it is frustrating. But But here's the thing. Whether this is your tactic, whether parking the bus is your tactic, if you don't like it, deal with it and, and do something about it. So the thing for me is 
these teams that we play against where we don't press them and we allow them to build, especially we don't press them high and we allow them to build out from the back. This is one of the few ways that they're going to beat us. And there's just no reason to be sitting back against these teams. You know, obviously Zabotany didn't do a really good job. You could fault maybe Ken Zura a little bit for getting muscled off the ball, but ultimately this ball never should have been allowed to be played in. Um, there's a great quote um, from a book I'm reading right now called Inverting the Pyramid. And I forget who the coach is that said this, but he was talking about um, like a high press and, and stopping supply from coming in. And, uh, and he basically said, you know, if I'm in a restaurant and I want to stop the food from coming out, I'm not going to mark the waiter. I'm going to mark the chef. And I think it's a brilliant quote and it's exactly what applies here. Like, yeah, you can fault Zabotany. He was ball watching for sure. You can fault what happened in the box, but you've got to stop it at the source. We should not allow these teams to be building out of the back and they should never have an opportunity to play these long balls. So that was really what was the most frustrating uh, part of it for me. Um, but again, you know what? With all due respect to them, they took their chance and they finished it. So one no to them. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that we got what we deserved at that point. Um now, after that, uh, it wasn't too much longer after that that we equalized via handball in the box. Um, you know, this was really weird because the Alexandria player had his hands literally, as he should have, behind his back. And then when the ball came in, he moved his hand out for whatever reason. And it was a clear handball. I mean, there's no reason to move his hand. But uh, VAR uh, gave the correct call. And then Shaparenko had a fantastic uh penalty smash it into the top corner to make it 1-1, which is really what I was hoping for to get into halftime um, at level score. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. And then we, we also had one more chance in the first half where uh, the Bana actually had a really nice free kick that uh, Zabarini headed on the headed on target, but um, Keeper made a nice save on it. Um, second half, a few more chances. Um, you know, we had a, a Karavayev disallowed goal due to, I'm assuming it was Bujalski obstructing the keeper. I mean, obviously I didn't see the match report. I didn't fully understand it. I mean, I know that he was offside, but he didn't touch the ball and it didn't really look like he was obstructing the keeper. Um, but, uh, you know, VAR in Ukraine, I'll just leave it at that. Um, and so uh, after that, we had another chance. Uh, Sidorchuk had, had a chance that uh, um Sorry about that. Something's going on in my hallway. Um, Sidorchuk had a chance that was safe from distance. Uh, Mikolenka had a chance after that where it was threaded through um, the keeper's legs, but uh, kind of trickled like along the line and then it was cleared off the line. Um, and then in the 90th minute, the man in form, Jerson Rodriguez himself, um, had a decent solo run um, for as much as we criticize him for his first touch and his dribbling. He actually had a really nice first touch and a, and a nice uh, dribble that he completed. I couldn't tell if Bujanski tried to play a one-two with them or if it just kind of got lost and then came off of his leg and then came back to Jefferson. But either way, I don't care. Came back to Jefferson, who smashed it into the top corner. Keeper got a hand to it, but nothing that he could do to prevent it from coming out. Um, and the thing that I loved about this is the entire bench came over to celebrate. And I think everyone in the club could sense the immensity of these points. You know, I mean, really every match is a big match at the end of the day, but especially right now with our lead in the league, the Shakhtar match coming up and, 
you know, we don't have that many games left. I mean, these points and these matches are precious. Um, and that is a big, big three points for us really is, um, you know, this was always going to be a tough match. I mean, Oletsandri are certainly no pushover. They are a, you know, one of those thorn in the sides um, of Dinamo and the UPL, but um, certainly not their best match. But again, three points, end result, very happy with that. And, uh, you know, we maintain our seven point lead at the top of the table. Uh, Dima, did anything stand out to you? Anything good, anything bad, particularly from this game? What stood out to me first? Uh, good. Uh, not a whole lot of bad, to be honest. Um, but, you know, about the good, we showed proper fight until the very, very end um, of the game. You know, we could say, you could sense throughout the game, you know, not everything was going to, uh, you know, how we wanted it to. Like, you know, not, not, not everything can, um, right? But, we just, you know, we persevered. We kept going. We kept sticking to the plan. And everyone was giving it their hundred percent, you know, their best. Um, and in the end, you know, we listen. As Dynamo Kiev fans, we know that you don't always get what you deserve. You know, in fact, um, just yesterday, I believe it was the twenty-second anniversary of us um, drawing three-three against Bayern Munich in the Champions League semi-finals. Now, can you tell me that we didn't deserve? the win no you can't but in this game we deserve the win and once again you don't always get what we deserve but we deserved a win and we got the win maybe it wasn't the most convincing you know uh maybe we didn't you know completely rip them up sure that um would have been nice to keep a clean sheet and um so you know get a get a couple more goals in but the in the end you know um, like Lobanovsky would say, you know, the score is on the board. Um, and uh, look, about just just to cover some of the stats, you know, I've, I've heard a few people say that, you know, it was a bit of a lucky undeserved win. Look, Alexandria had four shots, two on target, one goal. Dinamo Kiev, 21 shots, 11 on target, two goals. Come on. Um, and in the end, another thing that I liked. You know, this is kind of this is kind of becoming something um, that we're seeing a lot. That you know, Luchescu is accused of using um, you know the kind of same few substitutions every game. Sure, he 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 does. Who can I mean? Who can argue with that? But the the the, the fact is, we have one of the best records um, of substitutes scoring um, in the league. Um, also, just something kind of interesting. I believe all of Gerson's goals in the Premier League have been in the 90th minute or after, um, which is kind of something kind of interesting. But yeah, look, quite an important, well, every, quite an important is, is an understatement, to be honest, but it's a very important three points. Like all, um, like all of uh, points from now will be, um, or, or even from this kind of second half of the season um but yeah not not a bit of a scrappy win sure but this is the sign of a team that you know means business that you know not playing at the best but still did enough to win um and that's enough for me but yeah good win now i just want to ask you this question we're not going to 
what I'm going to say, we're not going to touch on too long, but I just want to get a sense of, you know, a lot of people have been saying that Dinamo have actually regressed. They've not been good under Luchescu. Um, so I just want to ask you one question. Um, and would Dinamo, I want to ask both of you this question. Would Dinamo have gotten this win under Mikhail Chenko or Khatskevich? Yes or no? I want, I want to hear both of you guys' responses. You, you don't have to go long, but just quickly, yes, yes or no? Well, sorry, I will go. Not, 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 I won't say long, but look, you have to look at the previous seasons. Alexandria isn't, you know, it's not the people say that it's kind of the, the, the prime village team in Ukraine, you know, and, you know, to an extent, they kind of are the textbook in a rural Ukrainian mid table team. They're not an easy place to go to away. You know, they have a decent atmosphere. They have, you know, kind of always the same game plan that seems to kind of more or less work. And look, we've drawn to them away. You know, we've lost to them away in, in previous seasons, and that was under Mikhail Chienka and even Hatskevich, you know. So, uh, listen, when when I saw us go a goal down to them, then come back uh, 2-1, and then concede another goal to bottle the win under Mikhail Chienka, well, who's to say that we, we would have even, we would have even been lucky enough to, you know, score two goals? And uh, if we still had Mikhail Chenka this time around. So, no, I don't think we would have to be quite honest with you. Eric, do you think we would have beaten Alexandria? Oh, won this game under Haskell uh, from Mikhail Chenko? I mean, <clears throat> kind of like Dima said, I mean, we've kind of had the same squad in the past against teams like this. It's not like I said, like Luchescu brought in so many new, like outstanding players that that's the reason why we won this match. Um, so, I mean, I guess, look, you can't say for sure, obviously. No, I mean, you can't really say. Here's what I will say, though. I'm not even going to address the part about Dinamo not progressing because I've already done that in previous podcasts. But we would not be where we are in the league right now if it weren't for Luchescu. And that is a 100% fact. Um, you can make, uh, you know, things about individual games and obviously the points add up over games. So you can still work that logic in that. Okay. Yeah. But the individual matches still is down to Luchescu. So would we have won it in previous seasons? I'd probably go more so unlikely than I would. Yes. Um, but as we've talked about in the past, you know, I, I, I'd say that, yeah, more so is down to him now because we're winning matches against teams that we should have beaten in prior seasons that we didn't. And now we are, and the result in the league table shows that. Um, so, yeah, like I said, unlikely that we would have been winning this matches, and certainly we wouldn't be where we are in the league if it weren't for um, uh, for Luciasco. I think, uh, I think that's all fair enough. Um, now we'll get into the player ratings. Uh, so we'll start with Bushjan. Uh, Dima, your rating for Bushjan. Um, listen, he can he faced two shots, let one in. But can can you blame him for that? No. Um, I thought you know he was quite. His distribution was okay. I thought. Um, I thought he was quite calm. You know, like claiming crosses and stuff like that. Um, overall. Five and a half, six, around about there. I don't think you, you didn't have a lot to do, but you know, it was a decent enough performance, still. I thought, uh, Eric, you're rating for Kionzora. I mean, to be fair, Dima Trubochko would have saved that goal, so um, but uh, no, um, listen, Trubochko can't save right. a goal against Kazakhstan. I'm not expecting him to do much against Alexandria. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he can't deal with one-on-one situations against relegation-threatened Lviv, nor is he able to claim crosses against Olympic without punching the opposing player in the head. So, um, but um, sorry for the brutal honesty. But anyways, um, Kenziora, um, yeah, I thought he was okay overall. I mean, I, I don't really want to fault him too much on that goal where, you know, he got out muscled a little bit. I mean, he's not you know, he's not a center back. He's not an overly strong player. Um, and like I said, I, the, the fault more so with that comes to not pressing the defender as well as the botany for ball watching. Um, but I'm trying to remember what he did that was noteworthy. And I honestly, I don't, <laughs> I don't really remember anything that stands out. So I guess I'll probably just give him maybe like a six. Uh, Dima, you can do a uh, Popov and Zabarni together. Cause you know, the center backs always like to play around the same level most games. So, um, yeah, listen, Eric mentioned that, you know, uh, Zabarni was kind of ball watching. Yeah. Um, you know, let's not be around the bush. Yeah. Um, he was, but, um, about, about Popov, we mustn't forget that the player who actually made the long ball out to Jefferson for, um, for the winning goal, it was Popov. Um, for that, I might, you know, and, and, and other than that, you know, I thought I thought they made um, as as a pair. I thought they made a few good like interceptions, uh, blocks, stuff like that. Popov made a pretty shocking tackle, which um, got him a yellow card, um, and and, it's, and he's now suspended as a bonus, which was pretty shocking to be honest with you. Uh, where he just you know just kind of slid right in, studs up. Um, I don't think it was really enough for a red, um, and he didn't get one, which is which is good. But um, anyway, I'm getting a bit carried away there in terms of a rating six. Um, but that above part kind of brings it up. Uh, Eric, your rating for Mikolenko. Um. <clears throat> hmm. I guess maybe I'll give him uh, probably a six. I thought he was okay. Um, you know, he had a decent chance that probably should have put away that he put through the keeper's legs, maybe a little bit unlucky as kind of thing came off his foot and then just kind of trickled off the, around the, uh, the goal line and then Luchkevich um, cleared it. But um, yeah, apart from that, I thought he was okay. Um, like I said, I'll give him a six. Uh, who's next? Sidorchuk. Tima, your rating for Sidorchuk. Uh, he didn't have a lot to do, to be quite honest. I thought he, thought he was quite good good with his passing, tidy enough. He had a good shot from outside the box that was saved. Um, one of many, of course, that was saved by the Alexandria keeper, Bankiv. Um, a rating... I know it's just six, 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 six today. Um... But I can't really. It's like tie on me if TV just give a six to every player. But no, I, I, I genuinely can't think of any other rating I can give him six. I think it's fair. All right. Uh, who's next? Shaparenko. Eric, your rating for Nikola Shaparenko? Probably a six. Um. I mean, look, there are players that I can think of that I guess I wouldn't give a six to but overall I mean I'm trying to again 
I mean, I thought maybe I'll give him a six and a half. I mean, I thought that he he was pretty solid in the center of the midfield. You know, a typical performance from him where maybe he's not necessarily at his best, but, you know, he does a good job providing the link between, you know, defense and attack, um, holds on to possession, holds on to possession while, um, you know, good passing and distribution. So um, not a huge standout match from him, but, you know, he, he did what we needed. So I'll give him a six and a half. Uh, Dima, your rating for Bujalski. No, at halftime, I was kind of starting to say, you know, listen, Boyarski's my guy. Everyone knows that. But um, recently, his numbers have started to kind of, you know, his, his you know, goals, assists, and his involvement kind of started to drop. And this, I was like, well, you know, he's my guy. But, it's, you know, it's time to start saying, you know, well, we, we're going to need a bit more. But in this game, I don't think he had the best game at all. I mean, he was involved in that offside thing um, where he was supposedly obstructing by the game's view. Um, he, it's not like he did it on purpose. He didn't take any step there. It was just a, like it was just a natural position for a player. So I can't mark him down for that. But um, what really matters is he got the assist for the winning goal. Um, and that's, well, that's what's important, isn't it? Um, Eric was saying, you know, he doesn't know if it was, um, if he kind of got tangled up or um, if he actually meant to play a one-two. Of course, he was playing a one-two. Um, what else? Um, in terms of a rating, uh, six and a half, seven, I think, around about there. It's fair. All right. Uh, Eric, your rating for Karavayev. Um, yeah, I'd probably give him a six and a half, seven, too. I thought that he had, he looked pretty good. You know, he was very unlucky not to score actually twice, really. Um, you know, the first one, he, uh, you know, the keeper got a good glove to and put it off the crossbar, but I thought that it was a good shot. You know, he had that second one that was disallowed. I mean, I think that he looks much better um, higher up the pitch as a, as a true winger than as a wing back. Um, but um, like I said, you know, earlier in the match, I think that he also should have had that ball played across to, from uh, Depana, but obviously that doesn't really have an impact on his rating. But I'd, I'd, I'd probably give him a six and a half. Uh, Dima, your rating for Besiedin. I thought he was poor today. Uh, not today, that game. I thought he was poor, honestly. Some of his touches. I mean, he takes a touch, and it was in prime Gerson. Well, even the same insult to Gerson to say that, but it's just bouncing, just completely, the ball just completely bouncing off and like a basketball off a off a, you know, off a wall or something like that. But he was, I thought he was poor, to be honest. He was kind of involved in that chance where, um, let's be honest, Karavayev and Bui as well, one of them should have scored and, you know, it was miraculously played off the line. But other than that, I don't think he had a good game at all, to be quite honest with you. Um, he was rightfully substituted off. Four, five, round about there. I mean, it's not like he was shockingly bad and missing chance after chance because he didn't really have any but his overall game wasn't really there um uh, let's go four and a half to split the difference okay. uh eric you're rating for the penna probably give him a five um he hasn't really been at his best recently. I mean, he did have that good set piece delivery to Zabarni, um that almost resulted in a goal. But I mean, outside of that, you know, not the best decision making. You know, I, I talked about the the counter attack that he 
um, should have played across to Karavayev. Um, but um, yeah, you know, as of recent, he he has not been at his best. Um, so like I said, I'll probably give him a five. Yeah, outside of that free kick, I don't remember if it was against Minai or Ruh, he just has not had a great second half of the season. Uh, we'll move on to the substitutes. So um, Shepelyev, uh, Sidklay, and Garmash all came on a little bit too late to give him a rating. Although, I just want to know two things. Uh, I think Garmash at center forward is something Dima has talked about a lot. Um, and I'm not against it. I think it's something we could and maybe probably should see more often. And uh, man, uh, bringing on Shepelyev instead of Lenyev when you need a goal is, um, yeah, wow. <laughs> Sorry, to just have to put that out there. Uh, so who was our only... Oh, right. uh, Dima, you're rating for Rodriguez. Um, first of all, I, 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 of course he scored the winning goal. We'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get on to that. But I just remember a moment. He got a yellow card for this, and now he's also... Um, we'll get a, we also get a bit onto this as well. Um, but he literally... Hmm. Alexandria, we're having a counter. And Rodriguez just runs out, runs up to the player who was countering. I think it might have been Lichkevich, but I'm not sure. And he just smashes him. He just barges him over completely. Um, and, you know, it was rightly, rightfully a yellow card, of course. But I don't know if it was really... Um, I don't really know if it's worth... Um, if it was worth it. But, listen, no one cares. He took his goal at last. Every shot he takes seems to be at the near post. And at last, he just blasts at the keeper's near post and actually goes in. Um, and it was it was a really good run. You know, Eric was saying, you know, we've been criticising him for his dribbling, for his passing. Uh, but he took it well. Um, good play. Um, you know, good good one-two with Boyalski. Uh Seven, eight around there, I think. Seven and a half again. That's you know. I'm sorry about all the halves here, but <laughs> it's only fair. So on a day where Dynamo went two one, they remain top of the league. Uh, yep, we beat Alexandria, and we move on to Escanipro Odin. And real quick, I just want to uh, give people a little introduction to this team. Eric will kind of talk about how they're doing, but um, I think this is actually an important game for more than just the fact it's three points in the league to get closer to the title. Um, it's no secret that Dinamo were had very good relations with the old FK Nipro. Um, and I think it's very fair to say that this kind of team, um, I'm not saying it's responsible for the demise of the old FK Nipro, but I think it's has become a symbol almost of the demise, trying to take the fans, trying to take the city, take the stadium. Um, so I just want to say this game isn't important just really for three points of the league, but I think it's also... Um, Really important for a team that used to be, like I said, a, a power of Ukraine football. Not only that, they used to be have very good relations with our supporters. Um, you know, I loved watching them do well in the Europa League in 2014-15. Uh, so I, I think kind of you're almost you're almost playing for two teams. I think on Sunday, I think you're almost playing. Uh, excuse me, on Saturday, I think you're playing for Dina, for Nipro almost as much as you are for Dinamo when you play Nipro Odin. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of put that in there. Um, that it, although yes, it is a game. Uh, Dinamo against Nipro Odin. Uh, for three points, I, th I think it is kind of important to recognize that fact, what this game kind of represents also. Um, now, Eric, how can you tell me how these uh, how Nipro 1 is doing this season so far? 
Yeah, so it's kind of like the the tail of two halves, or the, I guess I should say the the tail of the the fall half, and then the tail of the spring half, or the yeah the tail of the spring half. So in this in the fall, and I don't know, I don't remember if it was like this all the way up to the winter break, but for the majority of the fall, they were in last place. Um, I mean, they were dreadful. They, they were very weak. bad. They were very bad in the fall. Yeah. Um, like I said, if, if they didn't end at the bottom of the table, they were pretty close to it. But I remember them being pretty much bottom of the table for the majority of uh, um, for the majority of the first half of the season. Now, in the second half of the season, this has actually been pretty interesting. So since the winter break, they've had five wins, two draws and zero losses. So it's a pretty big turnaround for them. They're currently sitting in eighth place. Um, you know, they've had impressive wins against teams like uh, Desma and Borsqua. Um, now, most recently, they did put five past um, Lviv, although I, I watched some of the highlights of that match, and it was some of the worst defending I think I've ever seen. So, I I mean, they did put five past them, but with all due respect, I mean, Dinamo probably would have put ten past them. Um, I mean, just a, a calamitous performance from them. But um, obviously still a team to be respected, still a team that, you know, we need to take seriously, coached by um, the Ukrainian, or not the Ukrainian, but um, the biggest hipster in the Ukrainian Premier League, uh, Mr. Yovicevich. Um, and I think that's probably a reason why people rate Niprodian, um, even though I'm not really sold on him as a coach, but that's another argument. Um, but, um, yeah, they have to be respected. I mean, they've had a big turnaround since the first half of this season, um, you know, against them, you know, they, they counter and they come at you hard. Um, they come at you with speed. Um, you know, they like to run at you and dribble at you. So we need to be prepared to deal with the counter when we're out of possession. Um, but, um, you know, outside of that, similar to, uh, prior matches, like we talked about against Alexandria, they we cannot give them space to build out of the back. We should not be sitting back against this team and allowing them to build out from the back or to play long balls out from the back. Um, you know, players to keep an eye on. Uh, Dovbik has uh, nine goals in the Ukrainian Premier League. And then um, assist-wise is uh, Kohut, who has uh, seven assists. So two players to keep an eye on, definitely. Uh, I also wanted to go that this team actually does have some very good young talent. I mean, okay, Dovbik's, you know, 23, but, you know, uh, 21-year-old Alexander Nazarenko is a very dangerous white wi- uh, right winger. Um, Yehor Yermoluk, he hasn't featured a lot under Jovicevic, but he is still, you know, a 17-year-old. He's fairly highly rated. Uh, I don't know uh, Batahov, another good defensive midfielder, uh, 19 years old. And I don't know if he can play against us. Um, but Buleta is on the books and I'm really, really hoping Dinamo learned from last year's mistake, not letting our Dinamo Lonies play against us as Sud Priyaha uh, showed us against Nipro Adin. Um, Douglas, or Douglas, uh, the starting center back for Nipro when they made the Europa League final uh, in 2015 is on this team. So it is definitely a good team. Uh, Dima. Dinamo have a, issue, a bit of a tricky situation going this week, not only playing a decent side, but what could you tell us about the whole yellow card situation? Uh, well, first of all, I think uh, there are two players who got suspended uh, against Alexandria, which um, were Tomasz Kinjora um, and Denis Popov, and two challenges which, to be fair, we didn't really need. But I'd rather them get suspended 
um, against Nipro than against Shakhtar. And now the kind of more interesting uh, suspension situation is actually the players who are on the verge of suspensions, who are Gerson Rodriguez, Carlos De Pena, um, and Sergei Sidorchuk. Um, and there was a fourth one. Alex, do you remember the fourth one? Um, if if not, um, I will just have to come. Um, I, uh, I want to think, say it was yes, it, it was it was a barney. That's right. That's right. Um, so just to reiterate, the barney, the pena, Sidorchuk, and Gerson have all ha- received uh, three yellow cards, and that means they are on the limit of um, disqualification. Which, when we take into the uh, into, uh, into the account that. The next game after Dniproadin is Shakhtar. Well, you know, Luchescu has a choice to make, really, doesn't he? Um, when it comes to the starting lineup. But um, yeah, we'll have to, it's the manager's call. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so we'll do our uh, preferred 11. Um, I think goalkeeper, we stick Vushchan. Um, I think that's probably the, uh, the the number one there. Maybe you could argue in the Shjedet if he was fit, uh, but I'm going to go with Vushchan. Uh, um, right back because Kionzora is suspended, right? Kionzora is one, yeah, okay. Um, you could go, t- I think I would go Tim Chick just to keep Karavayev on the right wing because I don't know if Sigankov is 100% ready to p- go this week because he was just back in training for the first time today. Um, then center backs, would you start Zabarni at risk of him a yell because then Popov can just step in for him next week if he's suspended? Well, to be quite honest with you, if not Zabarni, then who? Anton you know, Wall or Hondak? That's that's the only other options. Mm-hmm. I I don't think so. I yeah. don't think so. Against that, this that, one, I'm just, I'll just have to say, you know, Popov, if, if, Zabarne, if Zabarne gets suspended, we have Popov. And to partner uh, Zabarni in this game, settle down for me. Yeah, Eric, you want to add something? No, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's no one else that of those other players that feel comfortable at center back. And honestly, if even if Zabarni does get suspended, you know, we go into the Shakhtar match with um, Popov and Sirota, which I would be perfect. Honestly, would be ideal for me at this point. That's the center back pairing that I'd want to see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully he doesn't get suspended. But yes, I would be starting him. If who is it, Ball or um, not Skorko, if Hondak had maybe played once or twice in the league where we were playing a much weaker opposition, then maybe you'd make an argument. But I, I don't think you can make an argument against Adian. Uh, left back, Mikolenko. I wouldn't mind seed play personally, but I, I just think Luchesko will go with uh, Mikolenko. Um, now, here we go. This is where it gets interesting. Uh, I would say Andreevsky for defensive midfield. I would have him start over Sidor well, yeah, go ahead, Derek. I think it's fair enough. I think it's fair enough. And we have to take into account as well. Uh, Andreevsky started uh, against Nipproyden when we beat them 2-1, I believe, in October or November. So why not? Um, there's also an argument to start one of my favorite players um, of the squad, Ali Bekov, But he's only just started training in a highly delta. So Andreevsky, why not? Uh, and then would, would you guys stick with Bujalski and Shaparenko in the midfield, or would you consider maybe rotating one of those guys out? I would say no, Bujalski. Yeah, the only reason I was going to bring it up is maybe because of Shaparenko having played in the international break. But, I mean, like I said, I, I, 
I just want to pose that question, guys. Personally, yeah, that's I would that's I just wanted to say, Sidorchuk and Shaparenko also looked quite tired. They even looked quite tired playing for the national team, to be honest, um, you know, in the final stages, um, you know, let alone against Alexandria. But, yeah, that's also a good point. But my, my main problem is, who replaces them, really? Who replaces them? And the answer to that is no one. So, no oh, choice, really, oh, for me. Oh. Although I did kind of like the way Bujalski and Lenya played together against in the Dynamo Bucharest friendly, but I don't know if that's something I would want to be experimenting in the league, um, you know, in a in a critical match, especially with Shakhtar. Maybe he would go with it, but if he wanted to, but I, I think he's going to probably stick with uh, Bujalski and uh, Shaparenko. Uh, the front three... Um, Probably who? Karavayev on the right, you think? Um, hold on. Depena and Gerson both are at risk of suspension, right? So I think I would play Depena on the left because I think Gerson right now would be the bigger loss than Depena for the Shakhtar game. And, and I also- honestly, I honestly am against Depena for probably for the first time since signing him. I'm against him playing because I just I don't think he's warranted. I don't think he's done anything to warrant a start. That's just my opinion. All right, then would you consider if assuming you we don't want to be starting the players at yellow card risk outside of Zabarni, right? Because you know Zabarni suspended, pop up comes back. Um, so that's why for, for in particular maybe Gerson and. Uh, Sidorchuk would be rested. Would you consider, and like you said, uh, no uh, Depena, would you consider, if these three, would you take uh, Clayton, Supriaga, or Duelund? Probably Duelund, if he, if that's even a choice. Clayton, no. Supriaga, no. Duelund, I still have some kind of belief in him because when he plays, he is actually quite good. Um, but all three of them, highly doubt it to be quite honest with you, and just realistically, there's not a lot of a reason to play them. I mean, he'll obviously probably choose Depena or Jefferson, honestly. Um, but maybe we'll see Lenyev uh, get a start, so fingers crossed. Yeah, that's that's what I'd see. I, honestly, I'd, it's probably going to be a little different, but I'd honestly go with Karavayev at right back, because I don't know that I have confidence in Timchik right now not that i don't think he's a good player but just from a mesh fitness perspective fair um this is points that we need so i feel a little bit more comfortable with him there and then i'd maybe put it's kind of tough on the left wing because i would definitely prefer jefferson but i also completely understand the logic of you can't predict when he does like dima showed and he is like a bull in a in a china shop um and like and just runs into someone and then gets a yellow card. So he would be a big loss for me against Shakhtar. So I definitely probably more so side towards seeing um, Depena and then Liadev on the right wing. All right. Uh, and then for center forward, um, now, I don't know if I'd go Besiedin. I don't think I'd go Supriaha, although he ha- happens to love playing against former teams, clearly. I honestly think I will go Garmash at center forward against Nipra. I think Dimas converted me over to that fact. Any arguments for anyone else to center forward? It's kind of difficult because I do believe that Garmash, you know, he, he played a good game against um, against uh, what's it? Alexandria. 
he played a good game, you know. He was drawing defenders away. He showed some good skill, held onto the ball well, won some challenges. And I thought he played a good game. But it's not really his original position. I do believe that he has all the kind of his physical qualities, his, the kind of player he is. I don't see why not. But it's kind of, it's hard to imagine Vinny's Garner starting at centre four. Like, just for me, I wouldn't mind it. At all. I'm for it. But I just can't imagine him. And um, at the same time, Bissetian starts, I won't be jumping up and down saying, oh, you know, what's what's this all about? Why is he starting? Even if he did play that poor game. Um, but either either two of those, I see the, I see the kind of, I see why. Is it is it? Are we not able to re- to recall Rusin for this match? Well, no, because he'll be he'll be busy playing Olympia uh, Jambrov in the fourth tier of Polish football. Oh. So he'll he'll be a little bit busy this week. So uh, damn it. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I know Olympia well, Jambrov is big, much bigger than Dynamo Kiev. So, but not just just make a joke. I, I, I would. Um... Honestly, I, I, I do agree with Garmash as a center forward. The thing about it, though, is we might have to rethink our system a little bit um, just because of with, uh, you know, like a pressing forward, he's not going to have the legs to press. But if maybe if we use him as like a, a target man or a poacher, maybe, or something like that, get crosses into the box for sure. And I think going on that point, Eric, is that's what's kind of happened a few times to our different strikers where we kind of just make them a pressing forward. And they and only really Bastien fits that role of a pressing forward. But we play, you know, even going back to like Fransol, and that pressing forward role doesn't work for them. So listen, I don't mind if he wants to even change it up with Garmash as center forward. But like he said, it's very important that um, we we don't try to stick with the same uh, the same kind of thing. Um, so yeah, let's see if we could put that here. So it'll be Bushtan and goal back four of Karavayev, uh, Zabarni, Serota. And Nikolenko, midfield three of Andreevsky, Shaparenko, Bujalski, and a front three of, I believe we said Lenyev on the right, Garmash through the middle. And did we say Depend on the left? Is my, is my memory right? Or we could even, or you know what? I wouldn't be, listen, this would be, this is us talking, maybe not saying Luchesko do. I wouldn't even be entirely against if he wants to rest uh, Gerson to maybe give Nazari Voloshin a start. But uh, one can dream, one can dream. Uh, guys, uh, predictions for Saturday's game. Dimo, what you got? Prediction for Saturday's game. Uh, well, Nipro, um, I don't like them as a club. I'm quite open about that. Um, but as a as a team, you know, the, uh, currently that you know they're no fools. You know, they're not just going to be a walk in the park. You know, five goals. You know, while playing half asleep, and you know, the typical you know stereotypical Ukrainian Premier League team. But look. We have a look at their current. They haven't lost. First of all, I don't think they've lost. Actually, they they lost some penalties in the cup, um, but they've had some good form. But I'm not saying you know. This isn't a, this you know it's not prime Barcelona, um, right? They've had some. They found some good good enough form, but you know they beat a ten man Lviv who defended disgracefully. Um, they beat Vorskla and Disna away. That's good. They drew to Alexandria. They lost to Alexandria. And they drew against um, Mariupol. So that, that's, just, that, that's just their few recent games. So with that in mind, you know, we're, we're the better team, with the better players, with the better manager. Um, 
but I'm saying that, you know, they can put up a fight. Um, in terms of an actual scoreline, I want to say about 2-1 to Dynamo, I think. And Eric, uh, what is your score prediction for the game against Nipro Odin? <clears throat> um, yeah, honestly, same probably for me. Unfortunately, I don't I have a hard time seeing us keep a clean sheet. I think that will allow some goal that'll cause aggravation, but um, I do see us pulling through and getting the win, so I'll, I'll agree with 2-1. So, uh, Dinamo take on Nipro Odin this Saturday. It's nice to have a Saturday game instead of a Sunday game. First time in a while, actually. Uh, at, this game's at the Olympiski, so this should be on the Dinamo YouTube channel or one of the 2 plus 2 channels. Uh, so it's 10 o'clock Eastern time, so it's going to be 3 o'clock UK time, Dima? Or was it 1,500 hours? You... Yeah, it's, it's 3 o'clock, 1,500. Okay. And actually, Alex, it's actually an away game. This, ah, this time. Oh, because... But even on. then, but even then, I, I believe Nipro um, 1 games are shown on YouTube, aren't they? On Football Hub. They're, yes, so you know what? That's right. They no, are on even, even, even then, but um, I'm... I'm not too sure what's what's happened there, but yeah, it, was, it was supposed to be an away game, but we're playing it in Nipro. I don't know why. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at the UPL website, and we're listed as home, but it says the game's at the Nipro Arena. There was probably something with COVID or light fix something, probably. That's why we played the first game at home, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, that, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, Dima, if someone wants to get into contact with you, uh, how can they do that? Yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter at 1927dima1927dima. DMA. And Eric, if someone wants to get into contact with you. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Stadi Dedushka. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you can follow me on Twitter um, at Libovich. That's L-E-B-O-V-I-C-H. Uh, and if you want to follow me, your host on Twitter, you can follow me uh at Lishik7, that's L-Y-S-Z-Y-K and then the number seven. And if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow us at Dinamo Abroad, or if you want to send us an email, you can do that to Podcast at gmail.com. Well, from everyone here at Dinamo Abroad, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Dinamo, Dinamo.